Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Line School, with part four of four in the short-form podcast on the topic of self-defense is self-reliance. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about gear. And if you're just finding this one, I truly believe that listening to every single part of these four parts is necessary to get a good idea of how to get started with self-defense. Unfortunately, all things have limits, and podcasts are basically here to inform. And that's really all I can do in a podcast is inform you on how to get started on the topic of self-defense. Self-defense is one of those things you have to. You have to be involved physically into doing it to be adequate at doing it. Listening to a podcast, reading a book is not going to be effective. It's only going to be marginally helpful to you in getting started. It's when you get started and you get physically going and things with a good teacher that you're going to become an effective fighting tool to be able to defend yourself. I think that gear is a great equalizer. What I mean by that is that gear is the thing that will take a person that has very little skill in hand-to-hand combat, for example, and can equalize them with somebody who's much larger and much more aggressive, if you will. You know, it doesn't matter how big you are. If I shoot you in the chest two or three times and shoot you in the face, then you're not going to be aggressing me anymore. Now, shooting a firearm, well, not even just shooting it, uh, carrying it, safely using it, safely storing it, and utilizing it to its effectiveness is all a martial art in and of itself. And I would uh, offer that it is the true martial art that comes from America only. Uh, not or Originally, not only, but originally. Meaning... Americans really formalize training as it relates to firearms and manipulations and the things that go along with it. There's just, it's everywhere. But with that means there's a bunch of people that don't have any business whatsoever doing firearms training. So let's talk about some of the tools that you could possibly carry and how we could utilize them. And then I'm going to point you in the direction of places to get some good training. Here's the big things that people think of when they think about gear related to self-defense training. Pepper spray, knives, and firearms. Okay, let's talk about the big three, those three. Pepper spray. Pepper spray is not created equal. 
What I mean by this is that there's a lot of names that get used for pepper spray. You might hear pepper spray, you might hear OC, you might hear mace, okay? Let me break these down a little bit. So pepper spray is a lot like a, a more general term that other things fall under as a, as a category, if you will. So OC spray literally means, uh, and I'm going to look this word up here, hang on, it's oleoresin capsicum. I don't know how to say that, I and mean, it doesn't really matter, but this is an agent that's extracted from hot peppers, and it's intended to be an irritant. Mace is very similar to that. Mace is a basically a brand name product that also has an irritant. You'll hear these terms almost always get interchanged. I'm more of a fan of OC spray than I have anything else, and that's typically what you'll see in a lot of uh, a lot of these products that are available for the general public. Uh, some law enforcement military units might carry something that has uh, basically basically carry mass, which is similar to a CS gas or a tear gas. But for the rest of us, the OC spray is going to do exactly what we need it to do. Now, the reason I'm a fan of it is because it doesn't cause permanent damage uh, necessarily to anybody that you're going to put it on, and the others may or may not. From a legal standpoint, anytime you're going to use a tool and the person that is aggressing you does not have that same tool, it's really going to be up to an attorney. Now, I'm not saying that you don't defend yourself, but you have to be articulate in the way that you let your attorney speak for you and not you speak for you. So it might be that if you use a tool like OC spray or a knife or a gun, that you're going to get arrested. It would be my opinion that you get arrested and let your attorney speak for you later instead of you just sharing a bunch of information that's going to dig a hole for you. You never know. The vast majority of law enforcement officers out there are really good people and they understand self-defense and how it works, but a law enforcement officer is working to enforce the law. And sometimes the law can be very can be a very gray area when it comes to these things. For example, somebody's aggressing you and you pull out a knife and you stab them 15 times, so you're probably going to go to prison for that. And so these are things that you want somebody that has legal understanding to speak for you. I'm not saying you don't defend yourself. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not suggesting that at all. But you just have to, you have to be cognizant of when you use these tools that you're justified in their use. And I'm no attorney, uh, but I, I do want to be incredibly cautious when I suggest that. That's why I'm a big fan. If you're going to use OC spray, or you're going to use a knife, or you use a, or you use a gun to defend yourself, that you get training from somebody who has very specific training on training people in those aspects of it. And if those teachers are not sharing you really legitimate training on the law and how that works, then you need to find somebody else. You know, for example, I train in knife fighting. Uh, one of my teachers, uh, my pro well, my teacher that's been teaching me in knife fighting for the last several years is Rob Cabrera, uh, Philo Blade Works. He builds blades for his company, Philo, and he builds blades for Double Star. And he's very adamant that we need to be in control of the situation and paying attention so that even in the middle of a gun, uh, e even in the middle of a knife fight, if I'm defending myself with a knife and the other person drops the knife and I continue to cut stab or whatever, then I'm going to go to prison for that. I've got to stop. I've got to stop. I got to be aware of that. And that's one of the things that a good trainer is going to train you how to do to know when the threat 
is something that you can get away from. And I think that's the way we need to view self-defense using these tools is that you need to use these tools until the threat is neutralized. And when that threat is neutralized, you need to remove yourself and not over deliver when it comes to uh, threat management. Meaning you might see this in the movies, but you shoot somebody and they fall to the ground. Then you go over top of them, you shoot them two or three times. That is, that's, you're going to go to prison for that. You're more than likely, you're going to go to prison for that. So you can't do that kind of stuff that you see in the movies, nor would you want to, in my estimation. I mean, in self-defense, the goal is to, to defend yourself and get away. And once you can get away and you defend yourself, then you've taken care of the situation like you need to. So again, uh, OC spray is a good choice. And you can see that on the packaging, it'll say OC spray. And I'm going to say this word again. I'm going to spell it for you because I don't know how to say this properly. Oleoresin capsicum. That's O-L-E-O-R-E-S-I-N. Second word, capsicum. And again, I don't know if I'm saying that word right or not, but it's C-A-P-S-I-C-U-M, OC spray. So be looking for that when you're picking up OC spray. Now, as far as the knife is concerned, I've gotten into the habit myself of personally carrying a fixed blade, everyday carry blade, meaning I carry a very small, short blade. Again, it's made by the one that I carry is made by Rob, my teacher. Uh, It's a headstrong. They're not available, so don't go looking for them. Uh, He should be having those sometime down the road, but he doesn't have them available now. But the key is, for me, I wanted to eliminate as many hurdles to getting a blade out and getting it on somebody that is using a tool on me, whether it's a knife or or attempting to use a gun on me as well. One step of that is getting the knife out and it's ready to go instead of having to unfold it or something of that nature. So... There's a lot of good folders out there that are automatically opened. Uh, You need to check the laws in your state on whether that is a legal option for you or not. A lot of them have pocket pools. Basically, I'm not trying to be funny, you all. Pocket pools where there's some component of the blade that when you pull it out of the pocket, it opens it up. It's not an auto-assist like a, a switchblade knife or something like that. Those are good options for you. But again, you need to train with that tool. You need to train on getting it out of your pocket. You need to train on how to use it once you get it out of your pocket, how to hold it properly. And you need to know how to effectively use the tool to to neutralize the threat that's in front of you, meaning your targeting needs to be on point. There, You can't just go start slashing like they do in you know, Friday 13th, Jason Voorhees type movies. That's not an effective way to defend yourself. And lastly, guns, guns, guns and more guns. Man, we've got a lot of guns in this country, and I think they're there for good reason. I think they're fantastic equalizers if they're in the right hands. Guns are not one of those things. And these, and again, I've mentioned this several times. I have a lot of opinions on these subjects, and it doesn't mean that you agree with them. So uh, if you don't agree with them and they make you angry, then start your own podcast, and that way you can get your opinions out. But I'm not a big fan of open carrying firearms. I'm a big fan of concealed carrying of firearms and not making a deal out of it and not talking about it. I do train with my firearms, and I'm legal when I carry my firearms. I do everything I can to be legal and above board on everything that I do as it relates to firearms and firearm safety. You can't do the safety aspect of it enough because it's one of those things that once you pull the trigger, there's a couple things happen. It's out there, and so you can cause harm to other people. And number two... One of my instructors, uh, Eric Dean, is fond of saying, once you shoot a shoot a bullet, it's always got an attorney attached to it. And this is pretty common in law enforcement circles. Uh, Eric's not a law enforcement trainer. Rodney Van Zant was fond of saying that too. 
but it's one of those things that that you got to be aware that when you pull the trigger and that bullet goes out there and it hits somebody then that's that's not going to be good for you unless you can articulate exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it so train well with your firearms if you carry one train on how to get your firearm out without hurting yourself or hurting anybody in your distinct vicinity learn how to if somebody grabs hold of your hand you're still trying to get your firearm out, how to get it out and get it back onto target the way you need to these are all things takeaways that's sexy stuff but you're not going to be really realistically taking weapons away from people unless you train on it a lot it's one of the things that we did in aikido that again i think it took well over a decade of training to be able to effectively do that at all. And, you know, the fact that I haven't been doing that several hours a day, six days a week means that I probably can't do that now. I mean, it's because you've got to keep up on the skills. So tools like pepper spray and knives and guns are going to be very useful to you. And I can't accent enough the safety that you're going to get from learning from a quality instructor. Just a few guys that come to mind. Obviously, I've done some work with the Fieldcraft Survival Crew. Uh, Mike Glover, uh, Kevin Owens, these are guys that do a whole lot of firearms instruction at Fieldcraft Survival. Uh, great guys, uh, both of them SF uh, level, if not above that, in the United States military. You can learn a lot from them. They've done a whole lot of gunfighting in their life as far as guns are related. The Bulwarks here in Kentucky, if you're listening and you're near us, the Bulwarks, Eric Thing's organization, he oversees um, Eddie Garcia is the director of training. Jesse Ordunez is the uh, director of corporate safety and security, I believe. I don't know exactly how they're laid out now. Karen Farthing is another instructor there. Uh, really good people there at the Bulwarks. I'm a big fan of the Bulwarks and what all that they do. Uh, a lot of the training I got was Rodney Van Zandt at Ironsight Defense. Rodney's not training anymore. I know a lot of people would ask about him. Uh, he's not doing that sort of training anymore. Uh, I've done some work in the past and may be doing some more work in the future with Adam Smith. He's down in the Asheville, uh, North Carolina area now. Uh, Savage Freedom. Look him up. Adam is a good dude. We've interviewed him on the podcast. Uh, another one is Malk Training. That's M-A-L-C Training up in uh, southern Indiana near Camp Atterbury. J.R. Grounds is the guy that runs that organization. He has different instructors come in to teach. Adam's one of them. I go up there and teach man tracking great organization up there um trying to think off the top of my head of anybody else that i know that are that i've trained with that i can give you a, a personal recommendation for stand by yeah stop there just to gather my thought those those are the main ones you all as for trainers that i know that are in a this section of the u.s and fieldcraft goes all over the world so that would be an option for you too uh no matter where you find yourself listening to this podcast so check those guys out Again, Fieldcraft, The Bulwarks, uh, Adam Smith at Savage Freedoms. These have all been guys that have trained me at different times and uh, are really solid instructors and do a really good job of it. I'll make sure that I include links below for all those guys that are doing training of that nature, so if you're interested. But again, to cap what we've said here, good tools are great equalizers. Pepper spray, OC spray basically. Uh, knives and guns just get the training with them and oc spray is no different i think if you get a can of oc spray and you're going to carry it you should buy two or three of them and you should actually deploy that in your backyard somewhere so you can see exactly how it comes out and how if it's hard easy to push a button if it's got a safety on it how to take it off these are all things even with oc spray you should be practicing with that 
not spraying it on other people, but have a target and spray it so you know what it, how it comes out and that sort of thing. So again, this has been Craig Cottle, director of Nature Blind School. This is part four to four, part four of four. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm glad you joined me here on these podcasts. Check out the blog that goes along with this. It is called Self-Defense is Self-Reliance. You'll find it at naturereliance.org. And as always, we cannot do what we do without you all. So thank you for your support and listening. And please keep sharing these podcasts wherever you possibly can. Send them in a text to a buddy right now. Send one of the Part 404 to somebody that you know could need it right now. We appreciate you. As always, come on, join in. Let's learn together. And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blinds School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.